Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, we are off the edge, episode 12. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch, and uh, we're here to talk about the AFC South today and grade their draft. Before we get into it, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. And uh, Cam, I'm excited to talk about these teams because I think, uh, a, you know, a division that has been kind of up and down lately, um, not really a ton of powerhouses in this division. We saw the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they were able to do in the playoffs this year. Um, but the hope is obviously hosting an NFL show. I think we just prefer all NFL teams to get better. And I think that's what <laughs> happened with this draft. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. The Colts, I mean, just seeing everything that, that happened, the Jags, the Texans, I mean, the Texans started off real fast, Jake. They started off real fast with those, uh, with the trade swap with Arizona at third. Um, you got the Titans as well. Um, just some of the things that they did in the draft with the quarterback selection. So, yeah, I mean, I think I feel like all <laughs> top four or five quarterbacks, I think, went um, to some of these teams. So really excited to chat through it. Um, and yeah, man, see, see how things go. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Um, BetOnline.ag, just letting you know, is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you could play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, Cam, we're starting with the Houston Texans here, and uh, they made some waves, man. They got a really nice trade package from Deshaun Watson, and rightfully so. I mean, everything that happened with Watson, yes, but uh, they also invested a lot in Watson. They developed Watson, and so they came away with a pretty big package for the young uh, franchise quarterback. And so they went out and got their own young franchise quarterback in CJ Stroud to start it off. You had it. I did not. I thought that, uh, you know, I believed that they were going to go after Will Anderson, which they did end up doing. But let's talk about CJ Stroud for a moment. What did you think about that? Yeah. I mean, Jake, at this point, we're both right. <laughs> we're both right. Uh, you know, the Texas D'Amico, right? D'Amico came up and, and got Will Anderson, <coughs> which is cool. You know, you think about the Texans, you think about just their history. My dad lives in Houston. His wife is a big Texas fan. They they, they go crazy over the Texans. They just don't win any football games, right, Jake? And so to see hopefully the change of guard, we talk about that a lot, the change of guard. We talk about this. We love NFL teams in general. We want to see everyone get better. I believe the Texans, they got better, Jake. So I'm going to give them a B plus on the draft. You know, normally, you know, I really had like a B or B minus, but I'm just going to bump this up a little bit just because they had the cojones, right, to make this move, to firm up their offense and their defense within those first couple of picks. I thought this was going to be the story of the draft, right? But then we get down to the Cowboys and Deuce Vaughn and, and that story. We get to, uh, you know, the Steelers and their story as well, Joey Porter Jr., those might have been the stories of the draft. But when it comes to actual trades and swaps, I really enjoyed this one. C.J. Shroud, Jake, we talk about it. Um, I love the way that he navigated the draft when it came to his testing, right? I know his testing, he didn't score too well when it came to the cognitive test. 
And so he, he backed it up really well that, you know, just shout out to his PR team, right? The way he hit the news, he was like, man, I can step on that football field and make plays at a high level. That test and those grades, that's not going to determine how great of a football player I am. And I think the Texans are going to see it. I love the leadership. I saw some of the messages from his family, uh, you know, when it came to the draft and when he got drafted and just the stories. It seems like he, he's he's coming from a great family and it being from California. Um I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him, Jake, to see him get drafted number two overall. I know he was crying. Uh, he was going through it because I'm sure he thought that his wonderlick testing and some of those cognitive tests were going to hold him back, but they didn't. So shout out to the Texans. I got a B plus for him. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at, you know, the CJ Stroud move and then going and getting Will Anderson Jr. It, it's like the whole idea of you can only pick one and they're like, no. We're not only picking one. It's like the the parent when like you're a kid and the parents like, hey, you pick one candy bar and you basically, if you're the Houston Texans, you're just like, I want three Musketeers and a Snickers. Yeah. And I'm not gonna say no. Like I'm not gonna have. I'm not gonna take a no for an answer. And that's pretty much what they did. And um, you know, I thought they got a fantastic player in Will Anderson Jr. You know, I I really like that move. Uh, Scruggs was a little interesting pick in the second. I thought it was a little bit of a reach, but then again, we don't really know where the NFL valued him. Uh, according to mock drafts, he would be going probably in around the third or fourth round. Um, Tank Dell, very very interesting here. C.J. Stroud wanted Tank Dell. He requested Tank Dell. Obviously, he wanted that deep threat, and he got him. And I, I like the fit there. Uh, Dylan Horton was a pretty solid pick, edge defender at TCU. No true highs, no true lows, just a really solid player all around. Uh, Henry Toa Toa in the fifth round, just a traditional you know, old-school linebacker out of Alabama with a giant name. Everyone knew who he was. To get him in the fifth round, though, I thought that was really good value. Jarrett Patterson's another big name that, you know, kind of as the draft process rolled along, his weaknesses were somewhat exposed, but very good player playing at, you know, Notre Dame and, and having some positional versatility there. Xavier Hutchinson at 205, uh, really like his play style out of Iowa State, has really nice body control uh, near the uh, sidelines, and he's able to make those plays. I feel like he's more of a possession receiver, but, you know, he can hang on with contact, you know, catching traffic. And then you had Brandon Hill, the guy that you mentioned, you know, who's a missile on the special team. So, I mean, hey, seventh round uh, pick out of Pittsburgh. He's going to get a chance to make this team with special teams. And then who knows? Maybe he develops into a Nick Scott type of seventh round to uh, starting on your defense type of guy. There you go. I mean, Brandon Hill, like you said, we talked about our guys. He was my guy. He has that nasty streak about him. I'm sure D'Amico saw that as well. So I, I love that pick out of Pittsburgh. And then going back up, Jake, to, to Tank Dale. We mentioned there's a couple of tanks in this draft. That was your that was your guy. <laughs> that was my guy. Yeah, yeah. I think Auburn running back tank as well. This tank Dell, super explosive, right? I, I think he mentioned on his interview that CJ saw him after the combine and saw his workouts and was like, hey, you know, the way that you play, the way that you get down, I really love that. And so it's cool to see, Jake. It's cool to see that the NFL players are starting to get their guys, right? They're starting to get their guys. And I'm sure they're going to score a little bit more touchdowns. They're going to do this a little bit more because these teams are listening to them, right? You go back to the Cowboys and you talk about, um, you know, some of the players that they got as well. I know we're going to talk about them the next episode, but you have your Mozzie Smith and how, right, he was he was scouted as well from the Dallas Cowboys. And some of those players were like, hey, we want Mozzie. Some of the D-line were like, hey, we want Mozzie. And the Cowboys went and got him. So I think that's really important, Jake. You 
at the end of the day, right, following the pandemic, just people that aren't football players, I'm going to compare this a little bit to you, but people who work in corporate America, you want to work with who you like at the end of the day. The same thing goes with football, right? There's a lot of dollars, there's millions of dollars connected to it, right? With Mozzie being the first round pick, that's millions and millions of dollars, but you want to work with who you like. People hire from people from different locations because, hey, that's my buddy or that's my homegirl. And we were, we were able to find success together. So to see, to see some of these players get pulled up by their colleagues and their friends in the draft to get millions and millions of dollars, that's a powerful conversation, Jake. So it's really cool to see Tank Dale get pulled up by CJ Stroud. Um, you know, I talk about Michael Parsons uh, bringing bringing in um, his guy for, for the Cowboys and Mozzie Smith. So it's just cool to see that tandem, that combination happen. Curious to see how things, how, how else things will go, right, for the Texans. You know, the offseason is here. OTAs are, are, are in the play. So I'm sure CJ Stroud can pull some other guys from, from, his, uh, from his team and the guys that he likes. But it's really cool to see that. Yeah, I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, you know, I think it's a really solid draft. I think it's better than solid, but I thought it could have been better. I thought maybe yeah. there were different centers on the board. I probably would have gone with over Scruggs. Um, Horton, while very solid, there was a really good, you know, group of edge guys still available. And uh, yeah, I just, I feel like <clears throat> they could have addressed their needs with more flair, I guess is what mm -hmm. I'm trying to get at. And they kind of went with more of the, yeah, this guy's solid. And I feel like you can do that, but <clears throat> you're also the Houston Texans. So you could have gone, you know, after some high upside guys and, you know, less higher floor guys. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, that's why it wasn't an A minus and more of a B plus. Yeah. And they, they started off really strong. But then probably after that, they were like, all right, we got our guy. And similar to the Panthers, you know, the Panthers they didn't really do as well in the draft that we would figure, right? They got the number one overall pick. So it's like, okay, keep the ball rolling. And similar to the Texans, they got CJ yeah. Stroud. They got, they started off so <clears> hot. <throat> and then after it, just like, okay, are y'all still tuned in here? Uh, are y'all still paying yeah. attention? They tuned in for Tank Dale, right? They, they listened to their guy CJ and got him. But like you said, they probably doubled up in some places that they really didn't need to. They got two centers and, uh, you know, two edge guys and had a flare with one and not the other. So, We'll see. And we talked about this before, Jake. This draft does not determine wins or losses. It can help. No. But it does no, not. It does not. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, but this upcoming draft very well might do that because Chris Ballard and the Indianapolis Colts knocked out of the park. Anthony Richardson, fourth overall. So they didn't have to go up and trade for their guy. They got a guy with serious upside who is in such a good positioning um with Steichen that he might end up starting and that is interesting because this is somebody that gets better and better and better with each start only started what 12 13 games um I'm very excited Anthony Richardson was my second quarterback in this draft only behind Bryce Young and my caveat there is that he has the highest ceiling of any player in this draft so they got the guy with the highest ceiling of any player in this draft at the most important position in the NFL fourth overall without having to trade anything yeah chris ballard you won my friend and then they go out and they get julius brents you know 44th overall a guy that offers some size here's the thing that you're going to keep hearing okay uh when it comes to chris ballard he's very traitsy he likes his traits you know he likes those crazy measurables well julius brents is a six foot three corner that you know runs extremely well good mover 
They gave him 44. Josh Downs probably shouldn't have fallen to the third round. A lot of people had him in the second, early second at that. Even some were thinking he might sneak in the first because of his route running prowess. But Josh Downs is already getting in tune, uh, you know, in these these mini camps with uh, Anthony Richardson. So you already see that connection, you know, budding. And that's a great pick there. Then they go out and they get Blake Freeland, who is really a he's a really solid tackle that probably goes in the second round if he had a little bit more upside but he doesn't have a little bit more upside he, he is what he is and so for that reason i really like that pick then they go out and get my guy out of northwestern Adabare, who i just have completely been raving about yeah. for weeks they get him in the fourth okay this is where teams made a mistake 109 picks made a mistake Agreed. and i'm not saying that all 109 picks were wrong but the fact this guy fell to 110th overall, insanity. Then they go out and get Darius Rush. You know, they go out and get Daniel Scott. They get Will Mallory, another traitsy tight end. Evan Hull, who is a really good running back from Northwestern. They went out and got two Northwestern guys in the draft. How about that? <laughs> uh, Titus Leo, edge from Wagner. Uh, Anton Harrison, offensive tackle. Or sorry. No, Titus Leo. I, I'm reading the wrong thing. Titus Leo, edge out of Wagner. So here's the thing. Cam, when I look at this draft as a whole, okay, this is an A-plus for me because he, he got the job done. Chris Ballard went out, and he wanted to turn the Colts' fortunes around, and he went out and got the high upside signal caller. He went out and got him a really good wide receiver. He went out and got him, you know, really good corner on the other side of the ball that can take the ball away. Adebare is a first-round talent. No one could tell me otherwise. They got him in the fourth <laughs> round. You know, Darius Rush, who some people think that he's better than his teammate Cam Smith, they got him in the fifth round. So we talk about the shadow sleepers. You know, we mentioned that with Cedric Tillman when you brought him up on one of our shows. Now you're, you're getting a shadow sleeper on the outside with Darius Rush, who ran extremely well and just a really good athlete. And then Will Mallory goes to that bevy of tight ends, you know, in that room. So, yeah. A-plus for the Colts. Thought they did an outstanding job, and I think Colts fans should be very, very happy with this draft. Yeah, Colts crushed it. I mean, Anthony Richardson, you hear some of the, the talk about him now, right, just being in OTAs. He's being compared to so many different quarterbacks. You, you know, you get the Cam uh, Cam Newton comp about size-wise, but you're getting other premier quarterbacks uh, when it comes to his other gameplay. So Anthony Richardson, like you mentioned, he's, he's the creme de la creme. Um, you want a guy like this to stay healthy, Jake, right? You want to see what he can do. You mentioned him having the highest ceiling in the draft. Stay healthy, Anthony, for a couple of years, right? Just this first year, of course, but stay healthy. We're excited to see what you can do here. And they talk about Julius Brents. Um, talking about cornerback out of Kansas State. I know you're a Kansas Jayhawk guy, but, you know, when it comes to Julius, uh, he was able to make a nice run, right, in the college football playoffs. I think you can't discount that. That's experience. And I'm going to say that, you know, for the Georgia guys, for the, oh, you know, anyone who's in the college football playoff going, you know, coming out of the draft this year, that's a, that's a value add that no, no one can really pay attention to, or people don't really pay attention to. So I want to, I want to tack that in. Um, one other thing I have for Julius is he talks shit, right? I, I love when the <laughs> corner, I love when the corner is able to talk smack and, and play football. <clears throat> they can back it up. And, and I love that. Um, you know, he can come up and make tackles. He's great in the zone and zone coverage. That's where I see him thriving a lot of times. Um, and then you go back to your Josh Downs, right? Coming out of Swanee, Georgia. Another Georgia guy here, Jake. I saw the breakdown from players drafted from different states. 
and Georgia was right up there with the Floridas and your California. So it was really cool to see guys coming from Georgia. So I really love that. One of the comps I had for him, Jake, was kind of like a Tyler Lockett, you know, not as fast as Tyler Lockett, but the way he moves and navigates his space in that slot, super dangerous. So I could see him causing some damage. And Jake, you know what I love to say about receivers that can run and you're not a first round pick, not a second round pick. He's a third round pick, but get ready to play some special teams, my guy. <laughs> and then out of Borway, out of Barway, uh, coming out of Northwestern at the edge position, you, like you said, you've been raving, raving about him a lot, you know, Great get off. Jake asks, you cut on that tape. My man has great get off. Um, He's a nose for the football, right? That sack fumble piece. And, and I talk about this a lot. A lot of times pass rushers are great at ground, getting around the edge, using their long arms. But he he turns the sacks into those fumbles. And like I said, coaches in the NFL love to see that, Jake. When coaches get a certain amount of turnovers on the season, when they do a certain amount of things over the season, they get incentives on that, right? When their defense performs a certain way, Defensive coordinators get incentives. And so if you got a guy like him stepping in and getting that football for you, let's pick him, pick him up. And so, like you said, the fact that he fell this far, it's kind of insane. And then going to your Darius Rush, I have him as a ball hawk, Jake. I mean, you know, he used to be a right receiver, but it seems like he goes up and gets that football like he is a receiver. So really cool to see. And then finally, uh, you know, one person that I that I have on my notes here uh, is the seventh round pick, Jake Witt, right? Um, offensive tackle. Like he played receiver back in high school, kind of put on some weight. He ran a four eight eight, so I'm sure they're going to find a lot of new positions for him. But like you mentioned, the Colts, I got them as an A plus as well, along with the Steelers, along with some of these other teams that did a great job in the draft. I think they crushed it. Um, the fact that they picked up Anthony Richardson right, and they were and the Texans traded for the Cardinals. I think for the Colts, they thought that the Cardinals would take a quarterback, depending on how Kyler Murray, what that looked like. And so the fact that the Texans jumped up and got Will Anderson at three, and they were able to pick um, Anthony Richardson at four, was a game changer. So shout out to the Colts. Great job in the draft this year. No, I absolutely agree. And I'm glad you brought up Jake Wake because apparently I forgot about him. But <clears throat> he's somebody I like too. Another tradesy guy, you know, makes a ton of sense late in the draft. I think the thing that you're looking at is coming into this draft, what were the Colts' biggest issues? Quarterback was one. Um, going out and getting a slot receiver was another. I know they got Isaiah McKenzie, uh, who played in Buffalo. I felt like they need another slot guy. They have Mike Strahan, who they really like on the outside, small school guy. Uh, Ashton Doolin is like the special teamer that can play a little bit, but they need a true slot receiver. I think they got that with Josh Downs, who I compared to Jamison Crowder. I think, you know, he's, he's, he's that short area yeah. quickness, I think is really going to help him in that league. Um, then you have... Adebare to me wasn't even a need. It's just the best player available pick. It's like, why the hell is he their pick? You know, we're just going <laughs> to yeah. make it. You know, you got DeForest Buckner, you got Grover Stewart, you got Quiddy Pay, um, and Samson Ibukam. You know, you add him to that room with Taven Bryan, who you also added, and McTelvin Ajim. And I just feel like that was just like a no brainer. Like he'll he'll find his way in a rotation. He'll be a starter down the road. So that's another thing. Then when you look at you know the cornerback room, right? I feel like when you're looking at the cornerback room, it, they lacked size. And I don't make a big deal about undersized and all of that. But you had a bunch of nickel guys playing. I mean, Kenny Moore, right? Isaiah Rogers. And then really, that was it. Like Dallas, Fly uh, yeah, Dallas Flowers. So 
You know, I think at the end of the day, you go out, you get uh, Julius Brents and Darius Rush. You get some more size in that room. And I, I think you get guys that have better ball skills and, uh, you know, can be problems on the perimeter. And just think about this. Anthony Richardson is going to a team now that has Josh Downs as their slot guy. But down the outside, he has Alec Pierce, a second rounder from 2022 that I absolutely love to come out of Cincinnati. And he's got Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, out of USC. 2020 second round pick so he's got some good receivers young receivers that he can grow with and now he's got josh downs who he came up with in the same draft so uh really like what they're doing there i was surprised they broke the trend of not going after a receiver in the second round um i thought they were gonna do that again but i guess that's every other year so probably 2024 but uh no all in all you know you look at the tight end room he's got jelani woods last year was a third round pick and he started to really come on strong towards the end of the year you got moali cox the former basketball player you got uh kylan granson you had will mallory really liking just the just everything that's around anthony richardson to succeed and he doesn't have to play right away uh, he could he very well could but he doesn't have to because they do have garner Minshew who can you know fill in in a pinch but jonathan taylor's very excited about him you know they also have zach moss they added evan hall like i mentioned and Dion jackson showed you that he's you know no running back to to slouch over and then the offensive line you know, you got guys like Raymond, you got Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, uh, Braden Smith. So just making that offensive line better, just getting more weapons for him and making that defense better. And overall, I think just he did an outstanding job. Chris Ballard did uh, with this draft. Yeah. Like you mentioned, it's with this draft, as many picks that the Colts have, you feel like it, it was a, it's a complete team at this point, right? Like not many, yeah. free, not many free agency moves are needed because they have a complete squad. And Jake, I'm looking at this list here. They have more draft picks than, you know, more of the other teams uh, uh, in the draft here. And like you said, they're just covering everything that they need. They're going to be dangerous this year, Jake. I have a feeling with Anthony Richardson, like I said, he has to stay healthy, though, because if not, Gardner Minshew is going to have to step up. They're going to have to figure that out. Um, I know they released Nick Foles recently as well. So, hey, do they pick up another quarterback? What does that look like? I know Carson Wentz could be in the mix. Who knows? But Hey, the Colts, they, they're looking good um, this offseason, and they should make a run this year. Also forgot to mention, they got your guy Jalen Jones, too. There <laughs> the you corner. go. There you go. So, yeah, the Colts, A-plus. We move on. Jacksonville Jaguars. So, Jacksonville had an interesting draft. Um, they went with Anton Harrison after trading down some. <clears throat> Here's why I like this pick, because... I'm not as high on Walker Little as everyone else. I know they got him in the second round, 2021. He had some injury concerns. I'm not as high on him. I, I like Cam Robinson. You know, I do like Cam Robinson. Um, but you have to keep in mind, you know, they, they did lose one of their starters. And he's, you know, with uh, Kansas City now. So, you know, I, I really like the Anton Harrison pick. We've talked about him. He was a first round pick in both of our, uh, you know, opinions. So, I like him at right tackle. I think he can play right away. Um, you know, so I really like that pick. Bretton Strange was really bizarre. Uh, I thought that was a, definitely a reach. Um, I compared him to Lance Kendricks, and I think he could be, you know, pretty solid. But I just don't know why they went after him that early. There were other tight ends, um, you know, I mean, including the one the the Rams got in the fifth round, Davis Allen, who we talked about. You know, he would have been a better option, I think, value-wise, fifth round as opposed to second round. Uh, Brett and Strange, I had like a fourth round grade on. 
Um, good player, you know, but definitely a day three guy, in my opinion. And then uh, you look at Tank Bigsby, one of your guys, and you add him to the room with, you know, Travis Etienne. He's a, a straight up one cut back, but they have an interesting looking crop there in that running back room because they got Etienne. They got Tank Bigsby, Jamichael Hasty. They still used plenty last year out of the backfield as a pass catcher. And uh, they did draft Snoop Connor last year in the fifth round. They also have Quadri Olison and they have Dearness Johnson. So this running back room is loaded. I'm a little surprised they went running back this early uh, in the draft. And then they got Ventrell Miller, uh, linebacker out of Florida to add some depth. He's not going to start. He doesn't have to. Ala Cohn and, uh, you know, last year's first round pick. Uh, Devin Lloyd, obviously those are the guys there, but maybe, you know, he works in on special teams, maybe gets in in some sub packages or, or whatever there. Uh, then they got Tyler Lacey. My favorite pick in their draft by far was Yasir Abdullah, who was my second overall linebacker in the draft. They get him in the fifth round at pick 136. I just felt like Abdullah can do it all. And the thing that's scary about him, and he's the elite athlete cam where he can rush the passer off the edge. And he's one of those guys that fell because he was penalized because he's more of a tweener. But the problem is that's not a problem. <laughs> this guy can rush the passer. This guy can play off ball linebacker. He can go sideline to sideline and he can stick to anybody's hip pocket. I don't care if it's a tight end running back or a wide receiver. You know, he ran, a, I think a four, four, he is really, really dangerous. And I think that's going to be a really key uh, type of guy in that defense. He should have gone higher, I'm very excited about him. I think they got a good one there. Antonio Johnson, one of the best safeties in the draft. They get in the fifth round. Parker Washington, the sixth. They get Braswell out of uh, Rutgers in the sixth. Um, they got Cooper Hodges, offensive tackle out of App State. And then Eric Hallett uh, from Pittsburgh. This draft, I had mixed emotions with because I really like the Anton Harris pick. I like they traded down and got some more capital cam. But I felt like they made some picks that they didn't have to make. And then I feel like their later round picks are my favorites. Like, I love the pick of Yasir Abdullah. I really like the Antonio Johnson pick, and I like Parker Washington. Overall, to me, though, Cam, I think the reaches were, you know, in my opinion, uh, the reaches and just not really the needs there make this a, a B draft, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to go with a B draft for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well there, Jake. Um, we talk about Trevor Lawrence, and <laughs> we always discuss this. Are you who are you supporting in this draft? Getting Anton to support Trevor Lawrence makes a lot of sense, right? It makes a lot of sense. Oklahoma playing good football in these past couple of years, having a guy like Anton to step in, that makes a lot of sense. Talk about Mr. Strange, that being a strange pick. <laughs> you know, you got Evan Ingram over there at the Jags, and so he will be that long-term replacement for them. Um, but my man can catch the football, Jake, right? If you look at Strange, he can catch the football. Caught 62% of his contested passes in 2022, drop rate of 3%. So he's going to catch the football, and he's not going to drop it. That's what you can ask for. Um, his run blocking, a little suspect, right? So maybe somebody can step in and do that for him. But that is a, it's a strange pick, but they, they have a faith in him. Trevor Lawrence will give him the football, and he's supported. So these th top three picks for the Jags, are all in support of Trevor Lawrence, which we love to see, right? Tank Bigsby coming out of Auburn, our second tank. Uh, I know we talked about the other tank uh, beforehand, but Tank Bigsby, like you mentioned, one-cut guy. He's a downhill running back, Jake. He's not really looking to, hey, be too sexy in the run game. He's looking to make a few cuts and go straight downhill. 
your, your Travis Etienne, right? That's your that's your your sexy running back where he's gonna make people miss. He's gonna do a lot of things. But Tank Bigsby is exactly what he is. He's a tank. He's gonna try to run through some people and gain positive yards. So we love to see that. And then you talk about your your Ventrell Miller. It, it could be a proximity thing, right, Jake? Being in Jacksonville, that's only a couple hours from uh, from from Florida, from UF. So that's that's a cool pick there. You can pick. That's more of a business move, I would say. I know Ventrell's a good baller, but a nice business move as well. I mean, going back to Yasir and, and Antonio, those guys being um, some of my favorite picks as well uh, out of this entire draft, or for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So overall, like you mentioned, a B. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's. It's it's like eh, you know what I mean. It's like nothing that's too like oh. I mean even even the Texans right. They made a move in the beginning. It's like okay, this is really awesome. But the the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's like it's okay. They could have done a lot better. Exactly, and the goal is for them is to go farther in the playoffs, right? They made it to the playoffs last year, which is great. This is not going. This draft is not going to determine their success for next year. It's going to help, but the goal is to go farther in the playoffs, and they're going to get that done. So let's give them a B. Yeah, and I, I thought they could have gone uh, interior, um, you know, as well. After they went Anton Harrison, I think you could have justified. Is the tight end really as much of a need? I mean, look at the way, you know, Evan Ingram's playing. You know, you did draft Luke Farrell fifth round of 2021. I think you could have waited on tight end. Like I mentioned, Davis Allen, the fifth round would have made sense. But I just, the thing that was confusing to me is, like, I know they spent a fourth on Ben Barch in 2020, and they signed, you know, our guy Chandler Brewer, but I feel like they definitely could have argued to to go after some more interior guys, especially when Osiris Torrance fell. You talk about in your backyard playing at Florida. I was a little surprised that he'd end up being a Jaguar, and um, I was surprised they didn't go after any interior offensive lineman. I feel like that was one thing. I felt like they needed that more than they needed tackle. Brent, yeah. So I was like. Britain you know. Strange, Jake. Britain Strange better be a hey, he better be that guy. Like he better be on one on one situations, you know, lined up opposite of Evan Ingram, because you're right. You're like you got a, a all-star tight end. You just drafted Chris Manhurts, I believe, is there at the Jags. Like you got some guys that can ball. So is Britain gonna be like you know, your number one quote unquote tight end where you know one on one situations have them beat whoever? Like they must be seeing something we're not. <laughs> yeah. It was a strange pick, like you said. So, okay. and, and honestly, if they went interior, that's maybe a B plus for me. I, I honestly was wrestling with a B minus too. I mean, I think I'm gonna stick with a B here, but yeah. And we're 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 nicer graders than some, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we don't want to yeah. piss off the Jags fans. Hey, y'all did great last year. You can do better this year because of a great draft. It just there's some strange picks there. Yeah, just 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 some strange picks. Yeah. Um, now we look at the Tennessee Titans, and they went out and got Peter Skaronsky, eleventh overall. After all of the buzz about them potentially trading up and getting C.J. Stroud, uh, they tried to. So that was something that was in the cards. They decided to hold back, draft their tackle, and then their quarterback, which is normally a weird little thing, but kind of goes to my point. Will Levis was not a first round pick. He was not. And they got him in the second, which is where, I mean, I had him as a late second, but I am not going to to crap on them for going up and getting Will Levis uh, with the 33rd pick, which normally in any other draft would have been the first pick in the second round. But because uh, a certain team decided to get caught with tampering, it becomes the second pick in the second round. So uh, Skaronsky, you and I agree he's a tackle. Um, There are teams that look at him as a guard. 
and we look at him as a tackle. This is somebody that I was a little surprised to see the Bears pass on. I think we've discussed that before, uh, definitely off air. Um, I just, I felt like it was right there. Skaronsky, Northwestern, then you go to Chicago, you know, all that. But apparently um, what played into it is that his, uh, he was a Packers fan growing up. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, in in all, all seriousness though, is he going to play tackle or guard? And I couldn't tell you, Uh, they went out and got Jalen Duncan in the sixth round, really traitsy really athletic offensive tackle, um, long-term guy, <clears throat> you know, long-term guy. But I really like the pick of Skronsky. Wherever they play him, they're getting a day one starter. Will Levis, interesting. Um, I don't know how he's going to do. And the reason I say that is because I don't really trust Tennessee to develop quarterbacks the way they treated Malik Willis. And I think that's fair because now all of a sudden Malik Willis is still there. He's QB three. And you draft him in the third round last year and you didn't give him much of a chance. You threw him into the fire when you knew he wasn't ready. He was running a simple offense at FAU, you know? Yeah. So it's a fair, it's a fair shout, Jake. It's a fair shout. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to defend Malik Willis there. Um, I don't know if this is the best place for Will Levis to go. Uh, I will say one thing is that this is a good pick by Tennessee. If they can develop him, um, Ryan Tannehill kind of plays a similar style, not his big arm, but like, you know, has that mobility as a former wide receiver at Texas A&M. And, uh, you know, I think when you, you look at it, um, as far as Ryan Tannehill goes, I think you take those things that he does well, you figure out how to, you know, have Will Levis kind of take that in on himself. He's going to have a chance to start in preseason and learn the ropes and everything. So that'll be an exciting thing. Tajay Spears, uh, who was my third overall running back in this draft, love this pick in the third round. They said that his knee got flagged, and so that's why he fell. Um, <clears throat> I still think this is a great pick. You know, we'll see what ends up happening with his knee. They still have Hassan Haskins, who they like a lot, out of Michigan, the 2022 fourth-round pick. Derrick Henry, there are all sorts of these trade rumors. Is he going to go to the Eagles? No, they go out and get DeAndre Swift. I don't know if Derrick Henry is going to be on this team to start the season. I'm going to assume he is. Um, but when his time is up, Tajay Spears can fit right in there. He could do it all. So really like that pick. Josh Wiley's one of your guys that you mentioned, the the Cincinnati tight end. He's an intriguing guy. Um, you know, he had a lot of success at Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, he goes into a room where they have uh, Chigazim Akonkwo, who's kind of like an H-back, fullback kind of, you know, he's like, how would I describe him? He's like Kyle Juszczyk on steroids. That's what a Conquo <laughs> is. Um, I mean, for real. So that, I mean, that, that is a Conquo in a nutshell. They have Trayvon Wesco who I do like, um, but Wiley's going to fit in there. I think he could be that number two tight end. I don't think he's going to take over for a Conquo. I don't care that he was a fourth round pick. Um, a Conquo was great last year. You know, when they needed him to, you know, make a play, he, he made a play, you know, he, he can really, you know, help them with the seam busters over the middle and, and things along that nature. So he's a guy to look out for. And then they got Colton Dowell out of Tennessee Martin. And this one was interesting because I ended up watching uh dresser win uh, because he had signed a uh, deal with the Rams. And so when I was watching his tape, I was able to watch Colton Dowell and uh, yeah, interesting prospect. Um, this is one of those you, you grab him late, you develop him, 
you know, you add some ownership to him. And I think, you know, in the seventh round, pick 228, you did some research, clearly. You like this kid. All right. You know, you add him to a room now. You're trailing Burks. You got Nick Westbrook, Akine, who they really like. Uh, Kyle Phillips, the really good route runner, fifth round last year. You know, you have Chris Moore. You had Colton Dowell to that room with Copeland, who you get as a UDFA. Uh, Racy McMath, who's a six-round pick from 2021. So I think this is an opportunity for Dowell to turn into that wide receiver four and even fight for you know a wide receiver spot. That brings me to my grade, Cam. This is not a bad draft, but it's not a great draft. And the reason being is because I don't feel like they address the wide receiver position enough. Okay? I really don't. Uh, they they address it from a Tennessee Martin kid in the seventh round. That's not really addressing it, in my opinion. They also might be putting Chiga Conquo, they might be putting him in a bad position because he was really good as a number two, but how is he going to be as a number one tight end? So that's another thing. Um, overall, Cam, <clears throat> I'm going to give this draft a B. I really like Skaronsky. You know, I get the Will Levis pick. I like Tajay Spears. I like Wiley. I like Jalen Duncan, just not enough picks. I thought they should have done a better job of trying to, you know, trade down and get some more picks and they didn't improve the receiver room. Like, I mean, they, they go out and get Colton Dowell who may or may not be something, but in the seventh round, did they really address the wide receiver room? I don't think so. So I'm going to say this is a B for the Titans. <clears throat> yeah, Jake, I, I like the B as well. I'll throw the B for the Titans. I'm looking at their draft right here, Jake, for the Titans. They got all offensive guys. I'm a little offended, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm, a little, I'm a little offended. No, I mean, at the end of the day, the Titans have to address their needs, and that's okay. But Jake, at least give me one defensive guy, right? But we talk about the draft. They're addressing the offense fully, which is great, right? Um, we talk about Will Levis stepping into to the Titans, which is great. Um, and you got Tim Kelly, who's the – passing game coordinator, the offensive coordinator for the Titans. He's going to have his hands full, Jake. He's going to have his hands full because he essentially got the draft headed to him. Like, hey, we're, we're making sure that we're, we're all in, all our chips on the table, you know, making sure that our guys can can be effective on this offensive side. So there can be no excuse. So like I said, I'm going to go with B on this draft because they went, in, they went all in on the offensive side, which can be very interesting. Peter Skaronsky, the fact that he fell to 11, I didn't go to the Bears, like you mentioned. A little bit questionable, but you never know, Jake, what goes on. Um, uh, during those meetings, you might get a good handshake, right, a gentleman's handshake where Pete's like, hey, I want to go to the Titans, not the Bears. And it's like, all right, hey, we'll bring you on to the Titans. But Peter Skaronsky, great hands. That's one of the notes I have for him is he's one of my favorite when it comes to it comes to having active hands. Um, Will Levis, right, threw the ball, hit the goalpost from the 50-yard line on his knees, right? He's Mr. Football. He can do it all. The quarterback position can move really well. I just know accuracy is a thing, right? Accuracy for him. And he's going to have to play behind Ryan Tannehill. So he's going to learn really fast. So best of luck, Will. You just mentioned it, right? Just quarterbacks um, in their progression and their development at the Titans. Tim Kelly, hands are full, right? You got to the got some Titans last year. So now, now you have to turn things around a little bit, um, develop some of those young players and make sure that the transition is proper. So um, that, that's that on the quarterback side. Um, and then we talk about the running back room, right? Derrick Henry's going to come back, is he not? I mean, at this point, Jake, with all these offensive weapons, you hope to God he does, right? Because they pretty much said, hey, offensive side, you get the draft. If you have a guy like Derrick Henry to 
be the cherry on top to a lot of these compliment complimentary pieces. They could be scoring a lot of points, Jake. They could be scoring a lot of points. Like you said, they got two tackles, they got receiver, they got a tight end, and Josh Wiley. Um, the tight end room is going to be dangerous. Um, you know, they talk about Quanquo um, stepping in. You got Austin Hooper coming out of free agency. Austin Hooper is a beast. Um, just from playing him personally, I know when I when he first stepped into the scene, he was playing special teams and you know worked his way to the starting lineup. So Austin Hooper is as an effective player. So, I mean, you go back to Quanco, him being 6'7", Jake. I mean, Derrick Henry's six five. I mean, come on, man. You're you're cooking. you got some giants on the offensive side of the football. So, um, that's really good to see. Um, and then going back to Dow, you know, I know he's a seventh-round pick. He's 6'3". He's a big boy. Um, you know, had 15, 15 yards per reception, right? Uh, that's that's not bad, right? He stays in state. So, you got a nice business move as well. you got some of those fans coming over. Um, to the stadium in Nashville to, to watch him play. So as you mentioned, the receiver room, that's that's a question mark. Uh, but we do know that the offense is ready to go. <laughs> this offense is firing on all cylinders, Jake. And you can just hope that the defense is also ready, right? You bring some guys on during free agency, what does that look like? But Titans, they get a B from me. They would got to be plush. They, they threw some defensive guys in there. But, hey, all good. I think, <clears throat> I think that's what it was. Um and just to correct you real quick, because this is literally my issue with, with the tight end room. Hooper is now with the Raiders, so they don't have um, him anymore. Okay. So Conquo is being thrown into the fire. That was my issue. See, if Hooper was still there, Conquo's the number two. Okay. But That's now right. Conquo, maybe those, those opportunities he got last year, uh, maybe it's not as easy this year. Maybe Wiley's getting those opportunities right now. Wiley has to take the, you know, up the mantle or whatever. But no, I, it's weird, Cam, because I feel like they got more players I like in this draft than the other drafts. But there's just something about this draft that, like, I feel like I have to grade a B. Especially, I think it was definitely alarming to see the entire offense and no defense. And I'm yes, not even a yeah. defensive guy. You know what I'm saying? But like. You know, I didn't play the defense. Uh, I probably scout better on the offensive side of the ball anyway. Um, but, you know, you see what I'm saying, though? It's it's one of those things where it's like you, you, you didn't. You could have tried harder and got some more picks. Yeah. Well, also, you could have you tried harder and gotten more picks. Um, but also, like, you didn't have a fourth rounder. And I what did I say in one of our episodes? Fourth round's where all the value is. And sure enough, that's where Adebare fell. So you didn't have that opportunity. I just feel like this was a draft where you could have gotten a lot of really good defensive players in the third through fifth round and you didn't grab anybody. I mean, their UDFAs, you could say like, I, I, I don't even, honestly, I didn't really like their UDFAs either at, at, on the defensive side. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to stick with a B here. So yeah, I crazy. think the, the division definitely got better though. Yeah, the division got better, Jake. And what I'm seeing is from this division, they got their quarterbacks, right? A lot of these divisions, they got their franchise quarterbacks. And it seems like after they got their franchise quarterbacks, they just, they cashed in, right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm good to go. Um, you know, hey. They mailed it in afterwards. <laughs> yeah, mailed it in. Like the Colts. Went on auto draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Colts were the only ones that didn't, right? They got their quarterback yeah. and, they, and then they got some more. And that, that's very impressive. Um, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you have their franchise quarterback, Texans, got CJ Stroud, made that move for Will Anderson. And then after that, like, eh, we'll be good. And same thing with the Titans, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they got their pick and they're Will Levis, and they're like, 
all right, whatever happens, happens. No worries. So, yeah, it, the division got better. New quarterbacks, new faces, which is really nice. I just like to see a little bit more effort. Maybe next year they'll, they'll turn it up on the defensive side, Jake. Maybe they had like maybe they flipped the coin. The Titans said, "Hey, offense this year, defense next year." So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to them, last year, you know, they did go out and get McCreary in the second round. You know, they have spent picks decently high. Monty Rice, a third round pick in twenty twenty one, Fulton, a, a second round pick in twenty twenty. But I mean, I agree with you. You know, I think that. You know, they probably should have mixed up a little bit. And the thing that we've learned is that the draft gets you cheap, you know, cheap talent, ready to go or not ready to go. Right. But it it helps keep your cap stable. And if you're just focusing on one side of the ball, injuries happen, my guy. And when injuries happen, you now have an entire draft in which you didn't really address the defense you know, now you have more depth on one side of the ball that maybe not be, you know, they're not injured. Right. So now you have like, you know, extra depth. You have like overflow depth where maybe you look in preseason or whatever. And you're like, you know, Hassan Haskins, right. We went out and we got Tajay Spears. Maybe we, we don't like him as a number three. He's a little bit too good for number three team comes calling. Hey, you didn't draft anybody. We see, I don't know. You need an inside linebacker. We'll send you our inside linebacker for Hassan Haskins. Devin White. If you want to well, yeah, it could, could also be, yeah. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out anything, you know, I, yeah. I, I will say though, Vrabel deserves credit because he's a defensive minded guy and he doesn't like have a bias towards the defense. Clearly after this draft, that kind of proves it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he went all in like Jake, this is chips all like, Hey, I get all my chips. This is a draft. I may not be back next year. Right. I'm going to get fired if the season is whatever that looks like, but regardless I'm all in <laughs> and wipe your hand. So, you know, Hey, <laughs> we'll see what happens, Jake. I'll be, I'll be curious if we just pin it now, by the time the season kicks off after preseason, of course, we're going to look for the trade deadline and see the Titans should be at the top there or come the playoffs, come towards the end of the season. Where are the injuries? Where are they at? Is it on the defensive side of the ball? If it's on, you know, I'm just, I'm just very curious. I want to put a pin in this, and I want to track the Titans as they go because the fact that they went all in on offense, it's a little strange. It's a little strange. Yeah, it, it very much is. Um, but I think that's going to wrap it up. So the only way we know how to end every show is to wish somebody a happy birthday that played in the NFL, and uh, that featured NFL player happens to be Ronnie Lott, Hall Ooh. of Fame safety, maybe the greatest safety of all time. Yeah. Uh, four-time Super Bowl champion. He turned 64 today, Cam. Uh, Six-time All-Pro, 10-time Pro Bowler. He played 10 years with the 49ers, two with the Raiders, and two with the Jets. I didn't even know he played with the Jets. Mm. I did not know that. Uh, <laughs> he started yeah. He started 189 games. He had 63 interceptions, 1,146 total tackles, and five touchdowns. I could go on and on and on with his stats because they're all really impressive but we would need some more time and we don't. So uh, happy birthday to Ronnie Lott. Obviously very, very talented uh, player in his own right and one of the true trailblazers at the position. And uh, 
man, that's that's going to do it for us. That's Appreciate you guys. And uh, just letting you guys know, this is presented by betonline.ag. You can use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And uh, also be sure to follow my guy at Cameron Lynch 50 on Twitter. You can follow me at JK Bogan on Twitter and you can follow the show at off the edge show uh, on Twitter. So that's going to do it. We'll see you guys next time. Happy birthday. Ronnie lot. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast. People are the worst brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.